coming up on Good Journeys with Second Mountain. We are at the moment in time when we are seeing that you can't solve uh, an ecological crisis from within a story that says that success is accumulating material possessions, no matter whether the body shop launched on the stock exchange in 84 or not. We're seeing that you can't solve global inequality or even local inequality from within a story that says that, that, that the world is a contest and, and we have to climb above one another. Welcome to Good Journeys with Second Mountain, the show that explores the trails travelled and lessons learned from some truly extraordinary guests. Hello and welcome to the first Good Journeys with Second Mountain episode of 2024. I'm your host and the founder of Second Mountain Comms, Ben Veal. I set up my business back in 2020 to help good people do good, and I love nothing more than speaking with others who share that same goal. I'm so grateful that you can join me and my very special guest today for this purpose-driven conversation. We both share a heart for social change and a passion to move towards a brave new world. Before we dive into that and I get on to introducing my guest, a very quick plug if this is your first time tuning into the show. Firstly, welcome. Nice to have you here. There are now two seasons worth of inspiring purpose-driven conversations in our archives and a tremendous lineup of guests who we have planned for this season in 2024. So please subscribe, follow, share, and help us to grow. We've got some amazing guests coming up this year. But now, on to my very special guest for today. He is the co-founder of the New Citizen Project, is the author of Citizens, Why the Key to Fixing Everything is All of Us. And he joins me today to explore whether 2024 will be the year that the citizen movement truly takes over. My guest today is the brilliant John Alexander. Welcome to the show, John. How are you? Very good, thank you. Lovely to be here. Looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. Me too. We um, we met about a year ago, didn't we? Now about a year ago, I think it was um, the Bath the Bath Lit Fest, um, and that was after you know I'd read your book, Citizens. I was absolutely blown away. Um, here is an indication of how blown away because I don't usually do this to my books. Absolutely covered <laughs> in post-it notes. Um, Love it. So much of it resonated with me. But um, you know, at that event, you shared the stage with with Derek Bardowell, um, who wrote the, the book, Giving Back, How to Do Good Better. Um, and that book was published at around about the same time as yours. But weirdly, before that event, you'd never met one another. Were you um, were you kind of taken aback by the similarities of the pair of you? Yeah, it, it was a bit of an odd one. It was quite fun listening to your your chat with Derek uh, on this on this pod after. I um, highly recommend that episode to people as well. I, it, it's, it's kind of crazy that we'd never come across each other before. The, the, there's some of the same individuals even we tell the stories of in, in our books. And I think that, that kind of uh shared spirit of like the uh, another world is possible right and and is so close actually um is is uh, like right at the heart of my work right at the heart of his like and 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 I think I think that I think there's a growing number of people kind of waking up to that and there needs to be right now I think yeah and uh, you know I reached out to you because um you know 2024 is very much this milestone historic year it feels it's it's a fascinating one because as you've said in your book it marks 40 years since these big consumer super brands first arrived so you mentioned you know apple launching the mac 
Nike selling its first Air Jordans, you know, Virgin Atlantic breaking open the skies. Um, and also the year I was born, if you, you know, as a momentous fun. occasion for, for all of humanity, fun. right? <laughs> that very good. My, my mom likes to think I mean, so. that, that, that moment, that, that year, I think 1984, I mean, not just, but like when you're as a storyteller, when you, when you discover that the year 1984 is, is very, has like huge resonance in the way you, in, in the story you're trying to tell, you're like, yes, yes. Uh, obviously because of the Orwellian overtones and so forth. But like, like it really is a very powerful year to encapsulate what I am trying to describe and what I'm trying to help people see as the consumer story, this, this idea of who we are and why it's been so powerful, why it's been so attractive, why it's stuck so hard. Yeah. Because in that year, 1984, it's not just that the big brands arrived, right? Like it's also that like body shop floated on the stock exchange. So you had the idea that, that, that you can buy stuff to save the planet, that ethical consumption can kind of solve the world for us, like landed in the world really powerfully that year. You also had uh, uh, Band-Aid, the first Band-Aid, and, and the idea that you can buy stuff to solve global poverty. Yeah, not only that, you had the LA Olympics, like the, the, the only Olympics, that, or sorry, I should say the first Olympics to be funded by commercial sponsorship. Mm, and, okay. and what happened with, with LA is so fascinating because um, when they were seeking the host for the 1984 Games, uh, this was off the back of Montreal, which had gone into massive debt. And until that point, commercial sponsorship wasn't really like, wasn't really a major part of the funding model of the games. And LA said, we will only host the games if we are allowed to do this. And they were the only applicant to host those games. They had the IOC over a barrel. Right. And so, so in this year, you have this kind of golden dream with all these different events, this golden dream that like that we can that we can buy stuff to solve all of our problems actually yeah. that 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 is the route to the kind of to the to the to the good society and i think i, I always like to emphasize that and i think it's a it's a really powerful one to go back to because what i'm saying when i talk about consumerism in the way i do is not some sort of um it's not a kind of lazy black and white kind of evil thing it's not saying like this was ultimately it is a deeply problematic frame but but it what i try what i'm trying to do i think is help people understand that that this is a story that that has some appeal that has a has a logic to it that, that and it, it it has a kind of morality to it it has a has an idea it's not just a sort of unalloyed explicitly kind of bad like people are material it's saying like if we all pursue individual self-interest then that will add up to the collective interest and that that will be the good society and that and that has kept us, the only reason it's kept us so trapped is because it has that internal moral logic. And we and, and to see that, the, the year 1984 is really powerful to help show that story. Yeah. But we are now, as you come of age, my friend, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the consumer story, I think, is is out of date. And that's that's a big part of where we're at in 2024. So you, so you said, um, you know, before coming on this show that, you know, your New Year's resolution, John, is to use your voice. So what do you mean by that? What does that look like? Well, so so I think the year 2024 is incredibly vital. Like we we have to the, I'm, I'm having a bit of a change of tone at the beginning of this year. I think I, I've, I've been reflecting over Christmas and 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 looking around the world and and i think we have to acknowledge that we are now 
we are in it now. Like we're, we are in a moment in time where we are going to have to find a new way forward or we're going to descend into some pretty dark spaces. And and that, that darkness is already here. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and I think, and I think we actually have to start talking about this and acknowledging it. Um, the, the, the world is now a dark and dangerous place and it could get significantly worse. And 2024 represents a year when as humanity, actually on a major scale, there are, there are elections in 50 countries and, and there are the European elections. Two billion people go to the polls this year. This is like, this is basically a year of massive collective choice about how we face this darkness. Like, mm-hmm. are we going to, are we going to let it consume us or are we at least going to create the space for us to, build something different to, for us to lean into a different idea of who we are and what the dynamic i think that's going on in that is one where as the consumer story collapses and it is collapsing like the 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 we, we are at the moment in time when we are seeing that you can't solve uh, an ecological crisis from within a story that says that success is accumulating material possessions no matter whether the body shop launched on the stock exchange in 84 or not we're seeing that you can't solve global inequality or even local inequality from within a story that says that that, that the world is a contest and and we have to climb above one another no matter whether band-aid launched into the world in 1984 or not and we're seeing that that you can't solve crises of loneliness and mental ill health that arguably underpin uh, a deep crisis of masculinity which i know is something you're very passionate about and yeah. maybe we could talk a bit more about from within a story that says that we're all isolated individuals and 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 we need to sort of put, and, and put the pursuit of self-interest is the goal because because that story will breed the andrew tates of this world yeah well no, and, we, and so you have to find a different way. Sorry. No, I mean, you touched, you touched on the kind of loneliness standpoint. I mean, I think that was one of the real learnings and takeaways from COVID. And, you know, trust me, we're going to get onto the pandemic in a minute. But I think that was a real takeaway that we suddenly, we, we you know, we were socially isolated before. We had become disconnected from one another, feeling like we were connected through technology when we weren't. That COVID lockdown, the first one, really, really underpinned actually how vital that connection is and how lonely we are. I think for me, I, you know, I I created some of my strongest ever male friendships that have since borne real fruit four years on because I actually dedicated time to going out for walks with other men, you know, doing WhatsApp groups, doing FaceTimes because before I'd never really allowed that to happen in my life. Mm. Um, but it's a huge problem you know, loneliness and, and the social isolation. And you're right, you know, buying stuff doesn't fix anything. Yeah, and I, and I, and I do think it, it runs it runs really deep. The, the reason why I made that, I sort of declared that resolution to use my voice is is I think I am now, like for better or for worse, like I, 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 the book has been out for 18 months or so. This idea of seeing the world through the lens of, of story, this this idea that we are in a moment in time when the consumer story is collapsing, when in the uncertainty that that creates, a, an older, sort of much darker story actually is rising than what I call the subject story, the idea that that sort of we should all keep our heads down and do as we're told because the, the God-given few will will lead us to the best outcomes, that the kind of the authoritarian story is rising because it always rises in in times of uncertainty and chaos because it simplifies and offers offers mm. a solution. The in that moment, if we are to kind of break the 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 
the dangerous kind of binary of of subject and consumer we have to we're going to have to find one another we're going to have to connect with one another we're going to have to imagine a different future and we're going to need our leaders to do the same thing as well we and 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 i guess the like i say the reason why i i made that resolution use my voice is i think i have I think I have begun at least to some degree to be heard mm. in some of those places. Um, and I, and as a, frankly, as a, as a white six foot athletic, like guy with every one of the privileges in the book, like I can, I can pass in those corridors. And so I think, and I think I felt uncomfortable with that and I still feel uncomfortable with that to a great degree, but I think this is a year, this year is, is of such uh such critical importance that my my sort of commitment is to is to step into the place that i that i have been offered mm-hmm. uh, i I, int- I fully intend to use that space to open the door to others to pass the mic to kind of to 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 shift the conversation but what i what i will not do this year and my kind of promise to myself and to the world is 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 i won't I won't hide my flame. I'm not going to like, we've, we've got to roll the dice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm mixing metaphors horrendously. You really are. It's lovely. <laughs> but we've got to, we've, we've, we've got to stand up like the, yeah. the, the, because I think, and just to dwell in this kind of the political context a little bit more, like one of the examples I've been, I've been staring at is, is what happened in Argentina at the end of last year. Uh, there was in Argentina there, there, there was a presidential runoff between a guy called Javier Malay, who's now the president of Argentina with fifty six percent of the vote, uh, who and and his opponent was Sergio Massa, who's the who was the finance minister in the in the government uh, up until that point. Now that choice that the Argentinians were facing was essentially a choice between Malay, who is a I mean his nickname is El Loco, the Madman. He he, he took a chainsaw to rallies. He's like Trump on on gas right that was that was one choice the other choice was the finance minister in a government that has that is presiding over a financial catastrophe Mm. and and they so they were and 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 they were choosing between the status right the the consumer story like carry on we can fix the system from where we are and an outright subject story like put your trust in me i will fix it i'll break everything down and and frankly, when you give people that kind of choice, and and we're not so far from that in so many places around the world, like that that is the template for the for for Trump versus Biden. That that could easily be where we are at in the UK in five years' time. Like we don't, you cannot. It is entirely understandable when people choose the subject story in that context. And so yeah. we are, we are, we are right there. And 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 a friend of mine put it to me as I was discussing these ideas with him the other day. Like, they only have to win once. Mm-hmm. Like, Millet, Millet now has has a huge amount of power, and and he's tearing things apart. And and so we we don't like I don't want to. I, I struggle with this, and I'm, and in a way, I'm excited to talk with you about this and kind of use this conversation to get a sense of how, where to where to place this because. But but it is critical to see the extent of the danger in this time. Like I do, to the way you frame this conversation, I do genuinely believe that 2024 could be a year that citizen, the citizen story, 
really kind of comes into its own, starts to really powerfully manifest on the global stage. But I don't see that as the default path. Mm. Uh, I think the default path is 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 much darker and more dangerous than that. And, but I see in that a, a, a call to stand up, a call to connect, a call to build rather than a call to give up, right? And that's that's what I mean by use my voice. Thank you so much for being with us for this inspiring conversation today on the Good Journeys with Second Mountain podcast. We'll return to our guest interview very soon, but I want to just take a few seconds now to thank our partners on the show, Resilient Leaders Elements, and tell you all about the positive change they're making in the world. We live in uncertain times where the only constant is change. Resilience has never mattered more, and it's much more than just a buzzword to the team at RLE. Leadership is about resilience, and RLE are focused on making world-class leadership development available to all, training people worldwide to build the skill sets needed to become resilient leaders. RLE's highly respected Resilient Leaders Development Programme is a bespoke development tool that's perfect for leaders of all levels, and you can sign up right now. So if you want to turbocharge your leadership growth and become more resilient both in the workplace and in your personal life, there's never been a better time to start your journey. Visit resilientleaderselements.com now to find out more. I think what would be really helpful for those that haven't read the book is to just explain a little bit more what you mean by the citizen story. So how does that shift, John, from the subject story or the consumer story? So thank you. Yeah. So so the 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 book and my my work in the world is rooted in in these three stories of the individual in society, um, each of which I consider to be kind of moral logics, like ideas for how who we are and how we can operate and how we should operate. As you say, the the subject story, which which was I I would argue was dominant across the world, or actually increasingly until the end of the nineteenth century, beginning of the twentieth, said says something like the right thing to do is to keep your head down, do as you're told, get what you're given, because the God given few will lead us to the best outcomes. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of colonial story, the authoritarian story, the paternalistic story, and and that story kind of collapsed in on itself at the beginning of the twentieth century, and out of the two world wars, we more or less deliberately, more or less consciously constructed the consumer story. And the consumer story says, look out for number one, pursue the best deal for yourself, choose the option that suits you best from those that are offered on the basis that individual self-interest will add up to collective interest. That is, that's the morality of the consumer story. The citizen story, actually, I believe, is much deeper, even than the subject, goes back much further in who we are, is is a much truer, more authentic story of humanity. And the citizen story actually says, get involved, like contribute your ideas, energy and resources to the pursuit of the best outcomes of society as a whole. And critically, that it, it challenges people in positions of power and influence, people as, as leaders, to see themselves, see their role as being to tap into that, that set of ideas, energy and resources. And the logic there is not like the God-given few will lead us. It's not the individual uh, self-interest will add up to collective self- collective interest the logic is all of us are smarter than any of us mm. the logic is we all have unique contributions and experiences and and views to contribute and it is precisely when we when we aggregate those when they bring those together in a kind of dy- in dynamic ways that we that we get to the best outcomes yeah Something that and there's jumped... a lovely story. Sorry, go on. No, no, no. 
You're the guest. I was just going to say my my favourite story in the research for the book, and I think the the kind of the template for in a, in a lot of ways for how I'm thinking about this the political moment that we're in is is what happened what's happened in Taiwan over the last decade or so. And I won't, I won't go into it in loads of detail, but but to come back to your pandemic prompt and maybe you'll you'll lead us somewhere else from there but the the taiwanese covid response is truly like an incredible encapsulation of this approach like yeah so i'll just just stop you there quickly so i you share this in the book and Mm. this was so eye-opening for me but i also found it so hugely depressing against the context of you know the lived experience we had you know not just in the uk but around so much of the western world and all of the lives that were unnecessarily lost as a result of inaction by those in power so so what uh, you know the taiwan response really surprised me can you talk me through it a bit sure and so what happened basically was they crowd they crowdsourced the national response they they the the president gave a speech right at the beginning where she said uh we we effectively said we don't know how to get through this we do know that it's going to be an enormous challenge and we also know that the way we will get through it best is if we tap into the ideas and energy and resources of everyone we're going to need everyone on the pitch and and they 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 the three principles the three design principles of the Taiwanese COVID response which are publicly you can find this anyway they talked about fast fun and fair okay uh, and they did all sorts of like high tech stuff very kind of tech driven society so they they set challenge prizes for people to create apps that would track face mask availability in case outbreaks and all this kind of stuff but they also did some really low tech stuff they, they set up a phone line where any citizen could ring in with ideas for how the country's response could be better sure. my, my favorite story within the story is that a, a, a six-year-old boy rang up and said the boys in my class don't want to wear their face masks because they're pink and they think that they're girly so you should do something to make pink face masks cool and i think you should work with the baseball team and uh and and the three days later they had uh the little boy the president and half the taiwanese baseball team on the national televised press conference resplendent in their pink face masks and then this i mean it it sounds like you say it, it it sounds uh it can, it can feel depressing to hear that. It can also feel kind of unbelievable, and it, and it's only when you when you sort of switch off your your consumer story logic, your embedded consumer story logic, and kind of go, well, actually, who knows best how little boys' brains work? Another little boy, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And 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 this is the you start to when you when you hear when you think that story through, and when I heard it for the first time, it kind of blew my mind as well. Talking to, I was talking to the Taiwanese digital minister, and 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 yet actually, it's just basic common sense. Like we all know this. We know that when you tap it, when you when you gather ideas from different places, if you can create the right processes to make that system work. And process design is a huge part of this. You can do remarkable things. Mm. Now, now, maybe to return to to your thing, like the, the the idea of this is something quite depressing to hear. In contrast with how we dealt with COVID here and and a, across much of the world, actually, I think I think seeing that through the lens of the of the other two stories again is is quite is quite a powerful thing to do. You, you can see that that when COVID first arrived, there was there was sort of delay and dalliance and, and, and uncertainty as to what to do because our governments by default, I would argue, see us as consumers. They 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 don't 
that there's not a sort of natural expectation that we're going to want to be involved in these challenges mm. and therefore they they want to sort of pretend it's not going to happen basically mm. and then when it does hit super hard because of that delay you end up having to go to the subject story you go mm. to like do as you're told stay home we'll protect you mm. and then i think in the uk the, the the really interesting thing actually and and, and in, in a lot of ways like I do agree with you that it's kind of depressing but I also see a huge amount of hope in that moment because what happened in this country was even though the sort of the the message from government was coming from this subject story place actually what we were doing was very much citizen story right mm-hmm. like you remember the street whatsapp groups the 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 mutual aid groups the, the remember the nhs first responder yeah. scheme and that like we were leaning in the 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 great danger though and and the the hard lesson that as i say i think we need to stare, stare at in 2024 and, and and treat as our challenge to find another way through is that is that is that our governments at the moment, even the best of them, and I don't think this would have been so different. I mean, I don't think the world would have been parties in Downing Street, but but like, I don't think this would have been so different you know, under a Labour government, under Starmer or whatever. Like the 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 political culture, the 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 idea of who we are that dominates in in government mm. is, I think, the consumer story. Like the when when the subject story fell apart when the death weight was rising to the extent that that they couldn't sustain the idea that government would protect us we went back to the consumer story remember Mm. eat out to help out like there can be no more literal Mm. no more direct kind of co-option of that urge to support one another that had resulted in mutual aid and, and street whatsapp groups into the service of consumption Mm -hmm. than eat out to help out and and so and the challenge we face, I think, in this moment in time, in the, in this year, across the world, and maybe in the UK, actually, we're kind of lucky because we're at a phase of the cycle where we might have a bit more time, but we're still on we're still on we're still on the countdown. We're still on the clock. Mm. Like we have to figure out how to reinvent and redesign our processes and systems around an idea of ourselves that 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 gets everyone involved that, that gives us all a place because otherwise we are going to end up in the subject story like it, it is it is only a matter of time before that that cycle of mistrust distrust mm. leads us to a place where we, we have the same we face the same kind of choice as the argentinians yeah You've said in your book, so what was really interesting is obviously you come from, and for, for those that haven't read it, you come from an Adland background. So you've seen the very, the other side of the coin here. And, you know, you, you talk, uh, there's a line that really jumped out to me. You talked about, um, you know, what are we doing to ourselves when we tell ourselves we are consumers 3,000 times a day? Um, you know, we are exposed to so many marketing and advertising messages day in and day out. You know, is there is there any way not to feel trapped in this consumer story? How how do how do we avoid that? Because I don't have the answer to that. I think I mean, thank you for drawing such that I, I think the 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 thing I would take from this is that we I we are citizens by nature is the starting point for me. 
Yeah. Uh, humans are, I have, I have sort of two fundamental beliefs about humanity. The first is that we are, we are by nature citizens, as I say, we're collaborative, creative, caring creatures. We, we can and want to get involved in, in shaping the world for the better. The second, though, is that we are, we are fundamentally storytelling and story dwelling creatures. Like we need, we need stories. We need ideas of who we are, ideas of what's what's best, in order to understand who to collaborate with, what to create, who to care for, and and I think the 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 reason why that that insight that we are telling ourselves, we are surrounded by this story that we're consumers on a constant basis, is to say like this. We are not starting from a blank canvas, but nor are we, nor are we, standing in human truth at the moment. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that what that helps me do is to say, like, actually, the work isn't to teach ourselves to be citizens. We don't need to sort of treat this as an intergenerational project where yeah. we have to sort of re-educate and re- because like, we know it in our hearts, don't we? By by how quickly, as you said, how quickly we turned into citizens. Exactly. In, in, in response to COVID, we know in our heart what it means to have community, to be connected, and to help one another. Exactly, and and that therefore becomes the work, right? Like the 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 act of connection, the act of uh, finding the finding the people to go for a walk with, the act of committing to a place or a, or a community, and and seeing yourself as part of that. Like the, the, it might might have a little uh, kind of four steps to 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 be a good citizen that 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 i can that i talk about quite a lot that's like the first is 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 see the stories like choose to choose to see these things because when you see that that you are not like the first step like you're not uh you are being told something all the time mm-hmm. and and seeing that is the first step to freeing yourself from it making yourself conscious of that rather than just assuming that that's that's how it is the second step, I think, is to find is to is to choose a choose a place, a community, your workplace, your your community of interest, wrestling for you, perhaps, and yep. and and decide that you're going to be you're going that's going to be your domain of citizening. That's where you're going to do stuff. The third step is find the others, mm-hmm. right? Because because all over the world, I mean, every aspect of society and every community, there are people who are who will be feeling the same. There will be people who are feeling just as trapped, and by putting up the kind of bat signal, as it were, you give you give those people permission to express the same thing. And then the final step is is decide what to do together. Like decide the first thing, I, and and like this, the first thing can be really humble as long as it's collective, right? Like the yeah. the number of stories that I came across in the research for the book that started with something as like small as a litter pig, yeah. Are, yeah are phenomenal right because that, that that first act of collective agency that first act of seeing that you are able to do so much more with others than you are able to do on your own yeah is something that then becomes like a friend of mine uh, uh, one of the references i love is talks about uh, citizenship as a muscle you build not a cup you empty i love that right yeah. and, and the moment you start to exercise that muscle you start to like want to use it more because it feels good and then and then and it grows and grows and you build and build and then before you know it you're doing transformative things like one of, one of my favorite examples in the research for the book that i've stayed super close to uh, um not least because when we first met i felt like it, he was the the guy i met was so different to me 
is um, is what's going on in Grimsby, uh, an organisation called East Marsh United uh, that started uh, exactly in this way with a litter pick in about four or five years ago now. A guy called Billy um, went along to a, to a councillor's meeting uh, because a friend, a, a neighbour of his basically guilt-tripped him into going. And he got really ha- hacked off at this meeting because the, the, the frame of that meeting was all like, tell me what the problems are so I can fix them for you. And he, and he stood up at the meeting and was like, we don't need, like, we're not going to have the problems fixed for us. Like you, these promises have been being made and made for years and years by different people. What, but we don't need you to come save us. We can, we can start to do yeah. this for ourselves. And, and he said like tomorrow night, I'm going to go out and I'm going to clean up a street and, and come and join me. 14 people went and joined him the next night, two weeks later, there were 30 odd on and on. And where you get to now is that a few years on, they've got a, a six monthly arts festival called the sun and moon. Uh, they've got a fortnightly magazine called the proud East Martian. They, uh, last year they raised 500,000 pounds in a community share offer, which in Grimsby is basically enough to buy a whole street and refit the houses using good local jobs and then let them out as a social landlord incredible like and 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 the work is continuing that the 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 sort of when you start to do that kind of thing then the connections and the serendipities emerge so uh, around the same time uh, uh an old son of the town has come back and bought the con- who made good come back and bought the controlling stake in grimsby town football club and now they've connected and, and Grimsby Town Football Club is acting as a kind of anchor institution in the town. And Gr- like people talk about leveling up and left yeah. behind and all that kind of stuff. Grimsby, like go there because that that is a town that is hauling itself up. It's leveling mm. itself up. Or, or I'd, I'd sort of almost prefer to say it's kind of, it's finding its own way. It's not trying to be another London or another whatever it's it's being the fullest version of Grimsby kind of in spite of all that's going on around it and that and that is also back to this kind of political context that is the 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 most powerful uh source of immunity against the subject story that you can possibly imagine Mm. so Tommy Robinson tried to go to Grimsby uh tried to hold an event in in this pub on the East Marsh last year and the community turned him away yeah and the same and the day that he had been supposed to be speaking they instead held an event called the six feet of your street and they all came out and like had a street party essentially with people from all different backgrounds now that that moment i think is is an encapsulation of what we are what we are most truly Mm. and what we're capable of but it but but unless we can find ways like we have to find ways to shift that understanding in the places where the stories come from. Mm. Cause, cause what happened, like I say, what happened in COVID, we were doing it everywhere. We were doing it. We were being citizens and the power of government, not the power of government in a kind of obvious hard power way, but the power of government in a, in a soft, actually a kind of narrative way to shush that instinct to say shush little people just go shopping like go Mm. back to your place is is very dangerous it's fascinating how quickly we were willing as a society to become little people again because there was that period where we 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 as you say all became citizens really rallied together there was a real sense of we're all in this together and then 
the fear factor weighed in and the the response of COVID in 2020 to the early 2021 version of basically keep away from one another, anyone could pass this on to you, um, to then probably 2022 and moving into a cost of living of, right, that's over now, forget that ever happened. And now you've got to work 10 times harder to catch up with the economy. Um, it's really interesting, I think, for different kind of, challenges that we face as a society in the last three years and the different roles that we've been expected to play and how we're still supposed to be subservient to and i'm not just talking about the government that is in currently but i'm talking about any of those leaders who really needed to lead us through a challenging time and i would say let us down yeah i think that's right i i guess the 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 inspiring and exciting thing to think about, I think, is what, what might it look like? Uh, how might we recognise this? But also, how might we create it ourselves? One of the one of the other examples that I'm I'm looking into more and more now is uh, is what's happened in Ireland actually over the last decade or so. Um, and this is less less related to COVID and more related to sort of ongoing systems and structures of government, and and particularly to the role that citizens' assemblies and randomly selected groups of citizens can play in the, in 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 the decision making in a country. So it, it, the the famous case in Ireland is that is that in 2018 there was a referendum on abortion, mm-hmm. where 66 uh, percent of the of the country voted to legalise access to abortion up to 12 weeks. Um, and what many people don't know is that the the recommendation to legal uh, of twelve of a twelve week term was formed by a citizens assembly by ninety nine randomly selected Irish citizens right. brought together for five weekends over five months to deliberate and call witnesses and understand the aspects and then and then to put forward a, a recommendation to government that would then be put to the to the to the wider nation. Now. And like I've been digging beneath the surface of this and going back further and going, how did that come about? Mm. How did we get to a place? Uh, how did Ireland get to a place where actually one of the biggest questions? And now, by the way, they're 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 ongoing. Like they're they're looking. They've looked at end of life and they're looking at uh, drug policy and uh, biodiversity and all all of these different huge, things. huge issues yeah massive questions that would that so many societies including our own in the uk i would argue or at least the westminster central uh, focused uk are are ignoring and ducking and actually kind of being distracted from by by these sort of ridiculous kind of culture war questions ireland is ireland is facing those questions and the the and I, and when you dig beneath the surface the way that initially came about was actually uh, outside of government. It was a group right. called We the Citizens, who uh, started by two academics at Dublin University, but but actually as part of a wider kind of civic civil society movement, who uh, developed. And this was in the context of the of the Irish financial crisis, sort of two thousand nine ish, and they were like, we believe that the people of Ireland need to be able to have some sort of role in the conversation about how our country faces this economic crisis. And, and, and we need a way to rebuild trust in government at the same time. Like sure. they were sort of, they, they it hit Ireland early basically. Mm. And, the, and, and in response to that, they created this, this pilot citizens assembly and they did a load of regional work leading up to it to set the agenda for it. 
and they 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 did some really like in a in a single weekend with a hundred odd people they did some really in-depth kind of work on attitudes to whether spending cuts or tax rises were more desirable and in what proportion and 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 the work that they did shifted the whole frame of that debate in ireland amazing and they did that outside of government Mm. and then government were so stretched and and in and, and needed help from somewhere and these guys had sort of anticipated this need and government stepped into it right okay and said, actually, that we're going to use some of these recommendations, and we're going to make this thing famous, and we're going to, and now we're going to start to explore how we can do more of this. And that led to a constitutional convention that included randomly selected citizens, and that in turn led to the Citizens Assembly on Abortion, and right. and from there, and and that's so fascinating to me because the same is true actually of Taiwan, like the 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 approach that became the Taiwanese COVID response started outside of government with mm. a group of originally a group of hackers who called themselves Gov Zero and created parallel websites to government websites all with the URLs g0v.tw and and sort of imagined a different relationship between citizen and state and I think in that in those two examples there's something incredibly exciting that says actually this is this is ours. Like mm. democracy means power of us, right? Like, and and if we, these tools and these processes are available to us, if we can figure out how to use them and, and demonstrate their power in such a way that elected representatives can step into them, mm. not as a campaign against, nor as a kind of a, a way of influencing their decisions, but actually just transcending. There's a a, a, a quote which uh, the Taiwanese digital minister shared with me as as one of one of her touchstones that i've like really become attached to buckminster fuller the the mid-century american architect he had this he had this quote he said you never change things by fighting the existing reality to change something create a new model that makes the existing obsolete Mm. that i think that's that's i've been like meditating on that all over christmas right and i think i think this is this is some of where i land it's like and, and then, uh, and then I'd bring into that. I was looking, as I've been looking at the elections of last year, in order to think about like what is this political moment this year. One of the ones I, I looked at was was what happened in Poland, and and this I think is the post you saw where I talked about using my voice. In Poland, they managed to actually dislodge the a, a, a far right government that had already been installed and was was entrenching its power, but not because of the political parties actually. Uh, this is a slight oversimplification, but 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 not by much. It's, it, like it wasn't the 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 political parties that won. It was actually civil society organisations creating a different narrative. There was this yeah. incredible uh, piece of communication. Look at encourage people to look it up, post them the link, whatever. But they the, the where they got they they sort of had the live recordings of of the of the right wing politicians the far right politicians talking about the women in disparaging ways talking about fossil fuel dependence talking about and and then and then this this these hordes of women from all over the country are depicted sort of putting a finger to their lips uh, mm. and it looks like they're just saying shush and then they rotate their hand and they're giving they're giving it the finger brilliant and it's like and it's like it's we're not going to be silent anymore is the message yeah and i think 
what that did in this in in the spirit of this like we don't have to wait for this to be done for us poland is slightly different in the in that what they did in that election was they 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 won in the sense of they didn't win in the same in the same sense as ireland or taiwan in kind of creating a different mode of government not yet but they did win the space to do that mm. and and i think like in these elections in this moment in time what it looks like for for 2024 to really become the year of the citizen realistically it's going to be a combination of of defense and innovation right like it and but but what's critical in those examples so what happened as a result of that 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 one uh, creative execution was one of many, but the result was that youth turnout uh, and turnout among women in Poland went through the roof. Wow. And that was the critical factor in beating the far right. Yeah. And, and, and what, I think, what I think is exciting about that, when you bring it all together, when you put that together with the Irish example and with the Taiwanese example, you start to say, we don't need to we don't need to wait for someone to do this for us. Like the, the nature of the citizen story, the nature of this idea of collective intelligence of all of us are smarter than any of us is that the power, the, the, the potential to demonstrate how this world might work lies with all of us. Mm. And the critical work is therefore of connection and imagination to build what that might be. Thanks once again for being with us for another inspiring conversation on the Good Journeys pod. At Second Mountain, we firmly believe that resilience lies at the heart of all good journeys, and our friends over at Resilient Leaders Elements are deeply passionate about making world-class leadership development available to all. RLE now has an exciting opportunity for those who share the belief that anyone can be a resilient leader. This is open to anyone who'd value an opportunity to collaborate with like-minded professionals from around the world. Their global Resilient Leaders Elements accreditation program gives you the chance to help others become more confident in who they are and what they do as a leader. The program is facilitated by an experienced Resilient Leaders consultant who will guide you through the journey step by step. You'll then be welcomed into a worldwide network of like-minded Resilient Leadership specialists. So if you're passionate about developing resilient leadership in yourself and others, why not consider training to become a Resilient Leaders Consultant? Visit resilientleaderselements.com now and find out more. So taking that kind of power piece there, I mean, one thing I'm really interested in is, um, you know, obviously the role of business to shape a better world and a more inclusive world. And, you know, I know, I know that you know you, you've had an early relationship with B Corp. How, how vital would you say movements like B Corp are in terms of shaping that that better world? And is it as simple as that? I'm, I'm think, yeah, I, I think I, I'm very proud that New Citizenship Project is a B Corp uh, and was one of the founding members of B Lab UK when when B Corporations came to came to Britain. Um, I'm I'm not convinced that business is playing the role that it needs to play in this moment, and I and I and I see worrying signs of it uh, of the business community being a little bit kind of stuck in the consumer story. Frankly, mm-hmm. like I I see too many businesses, even even good businesses, uh, 
seeing their role as being to um to we like we will we'll fix it for you they're, they're sort yes. of the the kind of the, that, that and, and staying in that kind of hero complex space so you, and I so also you, see you, too buy, you buy this product and we will save the world it's essentially the band-aid formula 40 years on isn't it exactly that exactly that much more succinctly put than me ben and, uh, <laughs> and and i guess what i'm I think I uh, one of the things I did in my book in, in writing about citizen business was was making the argument that actually these these sorts of purposeful businesses it's not enough to be purposeful for people you've got to be purposeful with people mm. because the critical thing in this moment in time is is to is is the is the development of agency and connection not just the the delivery of smaller carbon footprints yeah uh, uh, and and therefore, and and really, what I where, where I see the role of business going in the in 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 this year of all years is 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 I think business is going to have to engage and understand its role in relation to democracy as well. Like mm. this, this stuff is in danger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And 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 bi- the the operating environment for these businesses is is going to come under threat. Yeah. And so, uh, like, uh, in all honesty, my focus is my focus. You can tell my focus this year is is, is shifted is shifting very much more to the political. I I, mm. I think, I, but I would love to see businesses see themselves as uh, as participants and stakeholders in that. The 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 one of the clearest expressions of consumer logic in 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 our history is the is Milton Friedman's expression the social responsibility of businesses to maximize its profits right like that mm-hmm. is individual self-interest will add up to collective interest that that's mm. that's what he was saying and any business that cows behind that logic this year is is essentially abandoning humanity and and undermining its own operating environment like mm. i think I think it's going to get much more serious. A big, a big, big year. I think so, man. Like I, I'm not, and it's interesting. Like this, this is this is really the first conversation where I've where I've tried to explore some of this, and I and I I don't feel like I've kind of done it perfectly or as yet. Um, so thank you for letting me kind of experiment a bit with it, with it with you. Yeah. I, but I think I feel like. There's a, I feel an energy in this because I think there's an authenticity to acknowledging mm. where we are mm-hmm. um, that actually is very empowering. Like mm. the the a part of a part of the consumer story, a part of the, the, of, the of shush little people just go shopping, is pretending that things will be all right no matter what we do, mm. and. And they won't. No. Like they just won't. No. And 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 with agency, like it's the Spider-Man thing, right? Like with 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 power comes responsibility. With it, like in a democracy, which we still are, and many around the world still are, that means we have a responsibility. Like and 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 I think I think I see my role 
I'm playing with using my voice in a way that is less about saying we it can all be great. Yeah. And more about saying it can all be great, but that's going to need us to step up. Yeah. And I think what I'm really interested in following your journey, I'm so glad we kind of have this conversation now and have recorded this in January, 2024, because we can, we can follow this journey that you're on this year, John, I'd encourage everyone listening, watching today to, to follow John and the new system project on, on socials and, and see how this evolves because it sounds like you've got some, some big ideas that are germinating, especially, you know, as you say, you know, you can't, you can't remove yourself from the political bubble and the COVID response showed that all too clearly, the wider implications, you know, you, you have a voice, you have a powerful network, you're doing, you know, very important vital work with the new citizenship project. So it's now, where do you take that to the next level? I mean, to, to kind of, to kind of wrap up here, what would be great is if you could kind of sum up a little bit, John, in terms of what that work is you're doing with the new citizenship project and how anyone that this resonates with today can get involved with your mission and purpose. Uh, yeah, so you can find us newcitizenship.org.uk uh, on socials. You can find me. I'm particularly active on LinkedIn if people are there. Um, I I think a lot of this work is going to take me a little bit out of NCP um, and and potentially into into some more political space. And I don't quite know what that looks like yet. Um, but if you if you want to stay close to what I'm up to, uh, my my website is johnalexander.net. I have a little mailing list on there. Uh, that is the the people who will hear it first um and i would love uh your company on the journey well what i would say is if this is if this is the start of your run for office then you've got my vote <laughs> uh now we're gonna do it from outside brother that's the yeah. uh that's the, that's the way of this i love but it yes that's how it should be done so yeah 2024 the year that sh- the shift to citizenship will will truly be felt in your opinion could be could be it's a start depends what we do depends what we do and where we go from here what are what are a couple of take what are i always like to kind of leave with a couple of takeaways you know for anyone that's been inspired by this conversation today you know we are talking about big big things here that challenge the very fiber of you know how we've been raised and the society that we live in today any kind of immediate actions that someone could take away today just to start to move themselves to be a little bit less consumer and a bit more citizen focused? I think, like I say, that the find, find the others, like choose, choose, choose a domain and find the others. Like, where do you care about? What do you want to be part of? What, what, what matters to you? And how can you find the others for whom that matters as well? Uh, I would like, and, the, the the first acts are of of joining in like finding the finding the meetings finding the groups finding the conversations uh know fundamentally that this that this work demand what this time demands of us is is not being individuals anymore like finding finding the the things of which we are members and participants uh and and that's where it starts that's where yeah. it starts find your tribe exactly that yeah well look there's a lot of doom and gloom in the media we're still in the middle of a cost of living crisis not exactly good times but i'm coming away from today with you know much more optimism for a world that could be and you know i'm excited to you know be joined by people like you i mean this is what this show is all about this show is all about 
bringing together people who are inspired to do things differently, who have learned things from the journey in the path they've been on before, and, you know, to build our own little community and tribe here. And that's what I love doing. And I'm very grateful for your time today, John. Happy to be here, my friend. Onward. Thank you very much. Well, look, onward, yeah, onward, exactly. Look, thank you to everyone that's joined today. Um, as I said at the start, you know, subscribe, follow, share. Your sharing is the most important thing you can do with this podcast. If you've enjoyed this today, please pass it on to anyone you think John's words might resonate with. Um, as I dish out some thanks, thank you to Jeff Easton from Tall Lake Productions, who always brings these conversations to life. Um, this show relies on you guys um, to really deliver that impact. So, you know, do share this around and most importantly, check out John's excellent book. Um, so that's it for another episode. I've been Benville. My very special guest has been John Alexander. This has been Good Journeys for Second Mountain. So until next time, let's keep climbing together and I'll see you all again soon. Onwards. <laughs> <laughs>